0: The history you are about to hear is the actual report of an actual crime. I would rather be your husband if these were the last two hours of my life, he said. He had just eight hours to live. Now, in her own words from Mrs. Evelyn Pierce, 30, mother of two, widow.
1: These are difficult words. not that I ever needed any special gift to realize my marriage to Harry Lighter was headed for the Rocks. I knew that as early as June, 1950, less than one week after our wedding, when he brought me home to the town where he was raised. I watched him drink. On our third day there, he left the house to get a quart of milk and a pack of cigarettes. And he didn't come back for two days. All right, maybe that can be overlooked. Some men grow up fast, some don't. I figured it was up to me. So our first responsibility was a girl. I named her Joanne May. I had to. Harry didn't show up at the hospital until the baby was three days old. Our next child, the boy Harry said he wanted was born within a year. I remember when my time came, when the pains came faster and faster, and I sent Harry to get the doctor. He left, but... he went to a bar instead. There were times... for six years, I tried. In my heart, I knew it had to end. I I never dreamed it was going to end in murder. I remember a Christmas That should have been the tip-off The children and I were decorating the tree And the bell rang The police brought Harry to me with blood on his hands They'd caught him jacking doe deer up at the lake They'd caught him skinning carcasses But he outran the officers And they had to blast the tires off our car with 30-30s to stop him It was Christmas The conservation men didn't lock him up they brought him home with his heart-dripping hate and his clothes-dripping blood. This was the man I'd married. That day, the Christ day, he had come to me with blood on his hands. I should have known it was only a matter of time before he walked out of my life with blood on his soul. I went through one more Christmas, and I was licked. I couldn't subject the children any longer to what they were fast-growing used to. It was more than a matter of little eyes noticing things. I can't bring myself to say out loud here what those children were supposed to. I'm not standing by to see my children warped, I finally told Harry. We're moving out. Oh, believe me, it was against everything I believed in, everything I... You want somebody else, he asked. And I looked at him. A stranger. I just don't want you, I said. Three days after that Christmas, we went. I entered my suit for divorce the following March. It became final the following September. All this time, he made life miserable. Not once did he come sober to visit the children, How long are you going to wait before you get married again, he'd ask me. Got the lucky man picked out yet? And there was no one. You'll hear about it if I do, when I do. I said frankly, there's no rush. I'm not going to like it if you get married again, and you won't like it either. Leave it to me, kid. You won't like it either. During the years, I'd learned to pay small attention to his threats. Now that we were divorced, there was less reason. Or so it seemed. He knew there was no one. There was no one. Yet.
0: 30, widow, mother of two. In her own words, her statement detailing a most horrible crime continues. I met
1: Carl. Carl was Harry's cousin. Carl was just a kid in his teens when Harry brought me here to live. His name was Carl Pierce, and he'd just turned 20 a couple of weeks before my divorce. I was on my way from the supermarket when Carl stopped me. Now he'd grown handsome and... So tall, I couldn't hardly recognize him. I heard you and Harry split, he said. I've been wondering how you made out, he asked. And he took my two heavy bundles. Oh, thanks, I said. I'll manage somehow. And he carried the groceries home as if it was just the most natural thing in the world for him to do. The children were playing in the front yard. He put down the bags and held out his arms. And Joanne came running, and she kissed him. And it was the first grown man in the whole world who'd ever put his arms out to her. And then little Bobby came as fast as he could crawl, and Carl took out a roll of mints, and the three of them were laughing and rolling in the dirt. And it almost broke my heart when I realized again how children, anybody's children, lap up even the slightest children, Show of affection. I'll make some coffee. I said. Carl came often. Joanne bloomed, and little Bobby for the first time made serious attempts to talk. And I got to thinking of a saying my granny used to like to quote: "You can't fool kids or puppy dogs. They know when a person's good." never came with empty hands. We ate, and we sat, and we talked together, the four of us. And there was laughter and mischief in my kids. I used to stop and look at the kitchen clock and hope the hands would stand still for just a little while and pray and hope that it all could be happy and secure, and not for just a minute. And then one night... He'd ridden the kids to bed on his shoulders. I was washing the dishes. He was standing right behind me. They're awfully good kids, he said. Ah, sure, sure, I said. And you're an awfully good, good guy. And he touched my shoulder gently. Ever when he said, I love you, honey. Well, I froze I was 30. He wasn't even 21. He was just starting high when I came to town as a bride. You're nuts, I said. You don't even begin to know what you're talking about. I didn't plan it this way, he said. Don't take it out on me because I was born younger. I'm old enough to know what I want. You and the kids, nights like tonight. This is where I want it to be. I sent him away. I sent him away... But I was in the next time he called I told him, Carl, I was twice as old as my daughter Joanne Before you were even born Look, the day might come when I steal another chance at love But it won't be by robbing the cradle All right, you're a man, you're a fine man You're a... Just go away, don't ever try to call me again You said you could make more money with your truck company If you moved to their South Bend garage So move, Carl Please move for your sake. Start fresh. Go away. Don't start in the middle. Not at 21. They love you, but not with another man's children. He... He went away. I did my best to forget him. That first week, only for his sake, each night I prayed, Oh, Lord, I hope he finds a girl. I hope he goes on dates. A pretty young thing who... But that Friday night, the doorbell rang, and the following weekend, and it was him. And there was no denying what had suddenly grown up between us, and at last, I agreed to set a date for our wedding. My former husband showed up next day. It was the first time he'd come to see his children in months. I had to call the police. When the officers came to take him away, he stood there looking at me and at the children with undiluted evil in his eyes. And that's when I should have realized that even though I was through with Harry, Harry wasn't through with me. There was a deep chill in the house that night, even though it was only a week to a new Christmas.
0: Statement of Mrs. Evelyn Pierce Concerning this most horrible murder
1: Five days before the wedding Harry, my ex, showed up Dirty, reeking Bloodshot Folks say you're getting married, he said To whom? To your cousin Carl Pierce, I said And that's what you want, he said That's what I want, I said He staggered down the walk He was back two days later Sober Looking neat Where's the wedding going to be, he asked The parsonage, I said I told him the hour And you're sure that's what you want, he said I'm sure, I said And I watched his face But there was no sign, no hint of a threat And that's when I should have been worried the most His face was just too calm there was a lot to do in the days that remained. And then came the beautiful words, Dearly beloved, we are gathered here. And big, beautiful, wonderful Carl, my very own, Holding me tight and whispering against my hair and I'm the church. Darling, this is what I want. I would rather be your husband if these were the last two hours of my life Than live one hundred years without you. Cold shivers run down my back when I remembered that those were his very words. He was willing to bargain with death for two hours, two short hours. Harry Lighter gave him a break. Harry Lighter, my ex-husband, gave him exactly seven hours and 48 minutes. It began at our reception party. He was there, Harry Lighter. He'd been drinking. He came with three tough-looking buddies. One of them came up to my new husband and me as we were dancing the wedding waltz. They tried to cut in. I sent him away. Over at the bar, Harry started a fight with my brother, Lenny. Harry almost killed the bartender, an old man, when the bartender tried to step in. It was my wedding night. Friends persuaded Carl to take me away. Harry stood in the middle of the restaurant and began yelling foul and filthy insults. I made Carl take me, and we left. We went home. Lenny, my brother, and his wife were staying over, and some friends who hadn't been able to attend the reception dropped in. They were nice. And when they left, Lenny and his wife went upstairs to sleep. At last we were alone. My Carl. My dear Carl. Carl. It was about 2 a.m., and suddenly from out on the street, the headlights of a car cut yellow streaks across the window blind. Brakes screeched. I heard a car door slam. What was that? I asked. Carl said nothing. Somebody began to pound the front door, and my blood ran cold. Fun, fun, Carl mumbled, but why can't they quit and let us alone? I told him to stay there. I slipped into a housecoat, and I peeked out. And the coat looked like the one worn by my brother-in-law, Lawrence. So I hurried through the hall. I think it's Lawrence, I called back to Carl. And I opened... And it wasn't. Harry staggered in and viciously hit me aside. His mouth was cruel, twisted. His eyes were... He had a big black automatic in his fist. Where are the kids, he demanded. I lied. I said they were with friends. With friends, I managed to say. Carl, Harry shouted. You, Carl. And he ran into the bedroom, and Carl was sitting up in bed. And I ran behind Harry. I threw myself at him. I heard a sound like a a guitar string snapping in yellow tongues of flame and smoke. Run, honey, run, I heard Carl yell. And those were his last words and the guitar string snapped again twice more. I heard it, and then I saw And Lenny had come down, and Lenny grabbed me, and Lenny shoved me toward the front door, and from the bedroom I heard Harry's voice, horrible voice. He's better than hell, just better than hell. And Lenny was trying to shove me out, but I heard Harry say it over and over, and then Harry's footsteps sounded like they were coming for us. So Lenny pushed me out and cried, help, just get help. And so I ran and I heard Harry shout, there are four more bullets, where is she and where are the kids and one for you? And I ran and I banged on neighbors' doors and finally one did let me in and I called for help and then the the police, they came and they they told me to be calm, to try to be calm, that my car was lying dead in the morgue. The sergeant who told me cried. He put his arms around me, but I couldn't cry anymore. The sergeant told me that Harry had given himself up. Harry hadn't killed anybody else. My kids were safe, and so was Lenny, my brave brother. Now, a first-degree murder has been sworn. I only know that... Maybe the difference between Carl's age and mine was an obstacle which we never should have thought of surmounting. I honestly can't say if we were right or wrong. I know only that for killing Carl Pierce, the punishment, they tell me, is jail for 20 years. Which one of you can say that this punishment will be greater than mine or... My daughter Joanne or little Bobby for only having loved him. I only know I was widowed on the night I
0: became a bride. Except for the use of fictitious names and places, this has been a real story of a real crime with a real criminal brought to justice. But be on the alert. A vicious criminal is at large and may be in your neighborhood. As editor of True Detective Magazine, I offer a $1,000 reward for information leading to the capture of Frederick J. Tenuto one month from the date of this broadcast and as a result of listening to this broadcast. But first, Are the details regarding the wanted criminal. Frederick J. Tenuto, killer, prison escapee, robber, burglar, and one of the FBI's ten most wanted criminals, has reportedly boasted that he will not be taken alive. Frederick J. Tenuto is 42 years of age, 5 feet 5 inches in height, and weighs about 143 pounds. He is of stocky build, has black hair, dark brown eyes, and a dark complexion. The fugitive has the following marks of identification, an imperfect tattoo of the initials SJ on his left forearm, and another imperfect tattoo, Anna or Emma, on his right forearm, a small brown mole on his right cheek, and a a one-and-a-half-inch scar over his right eye. If located, notify Director J. Edgar Hoover, Federal Bureau of Investigation, Washington, D.C., Do not call your local radio station, but notify Director J. Edgar Hoover, Federal Bureau of Investigation, Washington, D.C. Then get in touch with the editor of True Detective for the $1,000 reward.